Brother, I don't think I've ever had you speak, have I? Here? Well, brother, you're going to tonight. And the next time you're out, we'll, we'll try to change that. Well, that's all right. That's all right, brother. Instant in and out, right? Instant yeah. in and out of season. Yeah, so, uh, listen, preacher always has something. That's right. I mean, got a whole Bible you got that, you got it all. So, anyways, Brother Larry, if you would come and share with us. And again, Brother, give us a little background about Lone Mountain here. Uh, I tell you what. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful that the Lord saw fit to put me here to pastor this church. I've been brother. here over 20 years. Praise Bless your Lord. hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just in awe of God. Amen. That he would still have me do it, what he's called me to do here. And I thank you for your love and support. Brother Larry Fry, you come. Yes, sir. Amen, brother. Thank you. God bless you, brother. All right. Well, uh, I'm really excited about being back with Lone Mountain. You know, it's uh, I pastored several churches, but and I love every one of them. I pastored Macedonia at Ryzen, Arkansas twice, and I love them. And uh, I'm with a group now in uh, Oklahoma, Springer, and I love them dearly. But there's just something about a church that you started from the ground up. It's almost like you child or something, you know. I don't even know, I don't know, I'm not going to know the exact uh, feeling of it till I get to heaven. But I am sure proud of what y'all have done here, what God has blessed you with. Many of churches in the past have fallen by the wayside even after they started, you know, and the missionary came in and, and uh, you know, uh, planted the church, so to speak. We know the Lord does it, but uh, they fall off to the side. And this church has been in existence now uh, since 1991 is when we started this work. 1991, and so, and I asked uh, Brother Jim uh, how many folks you had, and he yesterday or today, and he said y'all run 75 to 100 on Sunday morning. That's excellent. That's good, and I appreciate Brother John and his wife being here and taking care of y'all and. You know, being a pastor for 20 years, that's saying a lot, folks. You know, and he is, he's, he's weathered some storms, I'm sure. But what a great uh, looking building you got now. I mean, you just kept this thing sparkling. It just looks great. I commend you on the, the appearance of the building. Me and Sandy was talking, them, them, uh, them must be 
the best coverings I've ever seen in my life. We put them in here when we started this church. Unless y'all have changed them, it looks like the same ones. So I don't know. I've had the Lord make my britches last a long time. And so, uh, you know, he can do some great things that we don't even really recognize sometimes, can he? So I'm just really uh, excited about what y'all have done here and how the Lord is blessing you and the souls that's been saved and, you know, the, uh, the encouragement that you have in this neighborhood. When we built this church, uh, it was, uh, there wasn't hardly no houses around here. But the Lord led us to this land, and I knew that because the realtor was driving me around wanting to show me land, and everything was way out of our price range, and it was uh, off the beaten path. And, you know, I knew, well, we got to have something. We drove by this, and it looked, and this old boy was from Arkansas. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, he had an Arkansas sign out there, too. It looked, he just hand wrote it. For sale by owner. <laughs> Looked like <laughs> I thought, there's the man that I want to talk to. And uh, he was actually from West Virginia, though, my state. That's where I was born and raised at. So I talked to him, and man, he gave me, he, he said, uh, Oh, you've got to come over and have dinner. I ain't talked to a hillbilly since I don't know when. And so I went over and had dinner with him and me and Sandy and uh, just uh, had a great experience. Well, he came off the price about 10000 I think. Uh, and we got it for about 90000 this piece of property. Somewhere around there, I don't know. My, I, they say I got a foggy mind anymore. So, uh, but anyhow, it started from there, but we started in her house over on Jones, off of Jones and Alta in that area. And Sister Irma was our first church member. She was our pianist. We, was, uh, we, get, we had like three floors. It's kind of strange the way that house was set up. It had a higher level, and then you go down a couple of steps, three steps or four. There's another level, and then you go on down there, and you're down in the basement. We was having church in the basement. We couldn't get the piano down there, so Sister Irma had to play up on the second floor. And so that was a trip learning how to lead singing. I was a song like later. When you're a missionary, you got to know how to do a little bit of everything. And so I, I had to lead the singing from the second floor, and she's on the third uh, or the first floor, and she's on the second. But anyhow, I'm just so glad to be with you and so, uh, so excited. I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to say anything that you haven't heard because I know Brother John's preaching. And I know he's a preacher. I know he's an evangelist. I know, he's a, I know he uh, stands on the word. And that's, that's very important. I'm telling you, there's too many soft shoe stuff going on in the world today. So what I'm going to bring to you, what I'm going to preach, is not going to be something that you're not familiar with, but I think it is something we all need. You know, when a preacher preaches, you know, he's got... Like that. Where's that thumb pointing? Right there. If it don't touch a preacher's heart, that's a bad thing. 
It ain't you need to do what the what Bible says, but we. When you look at old Paul and his writings, he uses we an awful lot. And John uses we an awful lot. So we're in this business together. And what a pastor is to do or a preacher, evangelist, is to sharpen the tool you already have. You already have salvation and you have the right to this Bible and you know things that I know in the Bible. But all I want to do is just sharpen you too a little bit if you'll let me tonight. So I'm going to be reading out in the, in the book of Mark a very, passive, very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, if you want to stand for a moment, y'all used to standing for the Scripture, okay? Uh, let me say uh, in verse, first chapter... In verse uh, 16, uh, Now as he walked by the seashore of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting in a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. May we pray. Dear Lord, we bow in your great presence, thanking you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all your blessings of life. Thank you for this church and what she means. Their fine pastor, Lord, and thank you for their help that they've given me, Lord. And we just uh, pray your blessings now upon your word. May we leave here with a greater zeal to serve you. Lord, we're looking forward to your return, but... We're not going to stand gazing into the air. We're going to be about the master's business, Lord. As long as you let us live breath, draw the precious breath of life, we want to serve you, and we want to do it in a great, exciting way. Thank you so much for what you're going to do tonight, even touching our hearts. In Jesus' holy name we do pray, and for his sake, amen. amen. Brother Craig is our missionary to the homeless, and we got to spend some time there yesterday. Uh, he had a, if you want to get involved in a Sunday school, go down there. They had a Sunday, or they had a, a Bible study at last three hours. I mean, I was, I was getting kind of, I thought, now, come on, brother. <laughs> but it was a great Bible study. And he's got a group of people down there that is really working and he's training them and teaching them. And uh, I don't know if, uh, if y'all knew it, but we had a preacher school here. Uh, Brother uh, Jim Bennett came out of it. And Brother Craig came out of it. and uh, Troy came out of it. and I don't know who else. Uh, we had several preachers. And uh, so... Uh, they went off and done different things. Uh, Brother Vogue, Richard Vogue, he came out of it also. So, uh, uh, but Craig has been with me for a long time, and I'm really uh, excited about the work that's going on over there. But it's all about fishers of men. You know, the Word of God is, and we don't really like some of the, we're not going to like some of the vocabulary that God uses in here, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of it's one of those touchy subjects. It's kind of like, well, if you're not doing it, 
It's going to convict us to start doing it. You know, that's what the Word of God is designed. It's a sharp-edged sword. Sharp on both sides. It cuts you any way you turn it. And that's what the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. But the Lord, the first thing He said when He called His disciples out, and this is starting His church, of course. We know that. He said, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now what is the opposite to that? Well, if you... Here's the thing that I've discovered. If I'm not being a fisher of men, I'm not following the Lord. Amen? Amen. Folks, we can't just be little Bible toters and Sunday school, you know, putting our, getting our little star on the Sunday school row. and That is only part of it. The biggest thing that I see in my estimation out of the Bible, and the one thing that we've got the doctrine good, but the one thing that I see and, and hear tell of that we're failing in, and that is fishers of men. That is where it's at. You want to be a millionaire? Well, you might not make it here, but you can be a millionaire there. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what is a soul worth? What is one soul worth to God? I believe it's worth the whole world is what he's telling us. It's worth the whole entire world. There ain't nothing. You can't put a price on a soul. It's, a, it's beyond comparison to anything. Any kind of gold. Anything you p- pile up. Them old homeless guys down there, you know, man, they... They, they're, they're ragged and rough and they're, you know, and they smell and they've got all kinds of problems. But you know what? Their soul looks just like Larry Fry's soul. They all got a soul, folks. When God breathed the breath of life into man, he became a living soul. And that's what we're after. I'm not after that old fleshly part of that homeless guy down there. I'm after that soul that he has. That's what's going to live for eternity. Of course, we're going to have a new body. We know the scripture tells us we're going to have a new body. But we got to, the Lord paid for that soul. He didn't pay for that old body. Paul said, within me, that is within my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. But he knew that he had something in him that was good. And that's the Holy Spirit. And you and I have got that. Matter of fact, we've got that, and we've got the we've got the spirit, we've got the uh, Bible. That's the sword that's going to cut people, and I'm telling you, it'll cut folks. It will cut people. I don't worry about. You know, I heard a guy say one time, said, "I can't, I can't speak to nobody." Well, use tracks. Just give them a track, and and say, listen. Would you please read this? Be nice and courteous. We ought to be the most nice and courteous people they are on the face of the earth. Amen? I mean, we got to love people. We got to look through their problems and give them that track and tell them how much God loves them. And just tell them to, uh, to uh, read that track. If they'll read that old Roman road, they'll get under conviction. I believe that. 
If God is dealing with them, hey, they're going to get saved. I read all kinds of stuff about tracks. I, I shared one uh, this morning, but I'd like to share it with you also. This guy was riding on a train. He went out on the back uh, to look out the back, and he saw a guy w walking along the tracks, and he just threw a track out there. He was walking along the rain railroad tracks. He threw a track in that track. Just, you know how the wind got it, and... So that old guy was watching that. He could tell he was watching it. And he went over and picked it up. Well, the, the way the story went, it was the guy was telling the story was the one that picked up the track. He picked that track up, opened it up. What did he see? Romans 3, 23. For all is sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. He read that. Romans 5 and 8, but God commended his love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This man was a preacher in that sermon. He was the one that read that. And he repented right there and trusted Jesus Christ. It's not a hard thing. But we got to have, what is this here? What do you call that? Track rack. There you go. Somebody knew that. Mine's empty, by the way. So see there, that's when that. But I was over at Arizona Charlie's this morning. I needed a pen. I was up there getting my sermon prepared. I told Sandy, I said, I'm going to go down and see if they got one at the front counter. I went down to the front counter. This young lady, oriental girl was there, knew English very well. I was able to communicate with her very well. And I asked her, what does she think it takes to get to heaven? And you know what she said? Be good. Be nice. Don't kick the dog. You know, don't do the bad stuff. And I said, you know what? Don't never just sharply cut somebody off when you're trying to win them to Christ. Amen. You know, that is an excellent thing that what you're talking about. I think people ought to be good, don't you? Yes. And I said, let me share with you what an old boy shared with me one time. And I gave him my testimony when old Jimmy Rogers, my foreman, he was from a Baptist church, and he was a deacon in that Baptist church, and he was a soul-winning deacon. I tell you what, I got a dose. I had some soul-winning preachers. Old Henry Mars, Brother Mike Crane. I had some people, I have went door-knocking with Henry Mars when we had to walk for, a, we'd have to walk a quarter of a mile, and he'd have to sit down in the car and prop his feet up. His legs would be that big around, swelled up. But that old boy, he had something on his heart about a soul. He looked at that soul, I believe, through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Lord said, if you follow me, he told these old rugged fishermen and everything, so you follow me, if you'll follow me, you you're going to become a fisher of men. I just read that one time and I thought, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to follow the Lord, but I'm not 
I can't line up with that. And boy, I just started really praying about that and I started getting in my Bible and I got under more conviction. When, we came, when I finally came to Las Vegas, folks, God had sent me out here just as sure as I'm standing here right now. We got here, we had all of our furniture in, in a truck. It was a Penske. I'll never forget it. My Hertz Penske, my, my daughter, I got some joking daughters, you know, they like to joke around. They'd, they'd get on, uh, uh, we had little walkie-talkies because we had three vehicles. Had a little walkie-talkie. <coughs> they'd do like that, you know. Oh, her, big Hertz Penske. I was the one driving big Hertz Penske. We need to make a bathroom run. And we'd have to pull off and go to the bathroom. When you got three girls going from Arkansas to, te- uh, to Las Vegas, you got a trouble. I mean, they wanted to stop every little bit. But we got out here and we didn't have a house. We didn't have nothing. I mean, I didn't know where we was going to even spend the night. We were going to have to rent a motel. We, God put us in contact with a realtor. We bought a house and we moved our furniture from that truck into the house. We didn't even have to store it. If that didn't set me on fire, I'll tell you what. I thought my God is able to do anything. And boy, that just started me. And so me and my little, my youngest daughter, Sherry, she's 10 years old. And she, you know, she's pretty smart. And she, uh, I told her, I said, baby, we're going to have to pass out. I made a commitment to God. I want to pass out 50 tracks a day. Five days a week. And Lord, I want to do it five days, and if you'd allow me, I'll be, take off on Saturday. I won't do it on Saturday, and then, I, of course, I'll be preaching on Sunday. Well, that's the way we'd do it. And Sherry, if I got to talk to somebody, she'd write this, she had this little notebook, and she'd write every word that man said, and everything I said, and I could go back, and I, I had some of the best notes you ever seen in your life. I mean, this 10-year-old kid, and she but she was glad when that last, she said, we got five more tracks, Dad. That's the way she was thinking. There's five more and we can go home. Put a track on the guy's door one time and here we walked away from it and here he wasn't in there so we just left it on the door. And uh, here he come. He was running behind us. He's, and Sherry said, Dad, there comes, there comes a guy. He's wanting to talk to you. And he had that track in his hand, and I thought, well, that's exciting. He come up, and he throwed that track out and said, you are killing and tearing down thousands of trees making this garbage that you're leaving on my door. I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, son, just give it here. I put that back in my pocket. You know, the, we don't need to tarry when somebody rejects Christ. There's somebody else down the road that's going to want him. You know, I didn't get to finish that story about that young lady. I shared the gospel with her, and she accepted Christ this morning. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. And she was so tickled when I left there. She's a Roman Catholic, brought up in the Roman Catholic Church. Very nice girl, very, you know, but she realized she was a sinner. She, just like the Bible says, 
And she believed that Jesus died for her sins and the only step she really was missing was she had never been born again. She had never accepted Christ as her Savior. And I prayed with her and oh man, she was tickled to death. But that's the way we do business. We do it for the kingdom. We're doing it for the Lord. Say, well, they ain't going to help your church any. I'm not about, I, the Lord said, I'll build my church. Don't you worry about building my church for I. That's the way I look at it. I'm the one. This is my church and I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I just want you to be a servant for me, Larry Fry. And I have taught you, boy, he pushed me into uh, learning about how the Roman road and other scriptures. You know, uh, you need to have some definitive scriptures about, you know, how long has a man got to live, James 4 and 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. You've got to stack you up some scriptures so you can tell these people. And it is amazing what the Lord will do, my friend, if we'll just put it, get out there. And it says, And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. They believed what God had told them. said, If you follow me, you're going to be a millionaire in heaven. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> if you'll follow me. Well, I went to, I went to Springer and... Uh, uh, my goodness, them folks are all excited about winning souls. They, you know, they weren't for a while, I guess. They, you know, but now uh, we got a, a deacon, Brother uh, Jerry Pletcher. And I mean, he, he, I don't know, this is a product of Brother Jerry. Brother Mike is a product of Brother Jerry Pletcher. Brother Matt is a product. Half of our church came through Brother uh, Jerry Pletcher talking to him about Jesus. And folks, that's all it boils down to. You can't force feed this to nobody. Somebody said, well, what if I make a mistake? Well, I'm going to use somebody else's uh, quotation there. Where are you going to send them? To hell number two? <laughs> They're already going to hell. The Bible says if you believe, if he that believeth not is condemned already. So hey, I, I'm just winging this thing. And I'm just telling them the scripture. And they got to make that decision. Them alone. But they, they forsook everything. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James and son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the ship. Left old Pops right there. Pops didn't mean anything, folks. Dad, I'm sorry. And you know what? It would tickle me to death if my kids went off and left me and went to some missionary field. Man, that would excite me. I got a grandson. I'm praying for him. Maybe you can help me pray for him. Oh, Kyle. Man, he's got... That boy used to keep me awake at night and right there sits his Sunday school teacher, Miss Sandy. He come, I'd come down and spend the night with him and he wanted, to ask, wanted me to ask him questions about the Bible. And I'd ask him questions. That boy could answer everything I asked him. Come on, people, give me another one. Come on, people, give me another one. And I'd just keep on giving him it. And finally I'd say, son, we've got to stop. I've got to get some sleep. I'm getting tired. It'd be up around 11 o'clock. 
but he hadn't surrendered to the Lord yet. I believe God has got, I believe God's dealing with him because I'm praying for him. I would rather have one of my kids serve the Lord than anything you could imagine on the side of glory. That is exciting. But oh, you know, Kyle's got, he's got other plans. But the Lord can make you leave, folks. Brother, you sisters, you gotta, sometimes you gotta get out of there and leave and take a, you know, you gotta forsake some of your family. I've got friends that I can't even get close to anymore because when I get around them, I say, hey, have you, told, have you done what I've told you to do? I've got an old boy that I've, man, me and him, done everything bad together, Cletus Dillon, but I can't get him saved. I even sick Johnny Brewster on him. Y'all know Johnny Brewster? Got him to talk to him, and he wouldn't repent. But I can't help that. All I can do is tell him what the Bible says. And that's all you're required to do. You're not required to save anybody. These, you, hey, we're just a messenger. Don't shoot the messenger, you can tell them. Hey, well, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And they went unto Capernaum. And straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now, I wonder what in the world he taught them. The Ten Commandments? <laughs> I don't think so. What did he tell them? He said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I believe he got right to the business at hand. One of the best things we can teach a young student in the Lord is how to lead somebody to Christ. That's the greatest thing, Sunday school teachers. You start teaching these young kids, you'd be surprised them young kids. Oh, Kyle, the grandson I was telling you about, when he was 12 years old, he led his best friend to Jesus Christ with one of those cubes. You know, the, the cube at... It, yeah, it's, but it's, it's a Christian. They have one where you turn it and... Uh, well, anyhow, he knew how to work that thing. And he shared the gospel with his best friend and he got saved. Then his little brother's coming along. He's a couple of years younger than him. No, Kyle led him to Jesus Christ. Listen, these kids can lead people to Christ if they get that zeal in their life. You don't have to be a grown-up to lead somebody to the Lord. We can do it. We can teach them to do that. It says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them that had authority and not as a scribe. They were used to that law and order thing. And that's what the scribes taught. And he taught them, said, Listen, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. The Apostle Paul, you remember, he said, I am a debtor to the Jew. He said, I am a debtor. He said, if it were possible, he said at one time, I'm just paraphrasing this, he said, if it were possible, I would give my own position in heaven so that Israel might be saved. Man, I, I'm telling you what. Forgive me, Lord. 
but I hadn't made it there yet. I hadn't got to the point where I'd give my eternity for a lost man. I wish I could say that honestly, but I can't tell you that. But I know what I will do. I'll stand flat-footed and talk to people about my Jesus. I'll tell them, listen, if you want to go to heaven, this is the way it is. This is what you got to do. And let people talk. People love to talk. Ask them, what do you think it takes to get to heaven? Let them tell you. And Man, I, I, I could tell you some nightmares. When I was first out here, I went to Pahrump. Y'all know where Pahrump is? We tried to start a Bible study. It had no independent Baptist preacher. He joined our church. And uh, we go out. I said, well, let's test the waters out here. And I went out and we done a little door knocking. We knock on this door. First door we knocked on. The guy come to the door. And I said, excuse me, sir. I'm with uh, Lone Mountain Missionary Baptist Church. And we're trying to test the waters out here. We're talking to people about their relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, do you know for sure that you're going to go to heaven? Well, I said, I'm a Methodist. And what that ain't told me. I, and So I've made some mistakes down the line. And that old boy said, that preacher, that independent Baptist preacher, I'm telling you the truth. He said, well, y'all don't even know how to baptize folks. Do you think that was a good answer for that man? No, you done talked about his mama and daddy and his grandpa and probably his grandpa. You done cut him back three generations. You done cut him to the bone. I thought the man's going to get a shotgun. I said, come on, let's leave, son. Preacher, we got to go. I never took that guy door knocking with me anymore. You don't want that kind of door knocking. You got to have somebody that loves the Lord and loves lost people. We're not there to straighten them out. We're not there to get them, uh, uh, make them a Baptist right there on our first visit. We're trying to get them saved. And I left there not even knowing if that man was saved or not because I didn't know that. But we've got to use the doctrine that Jesus does. That doctrine is that's so winning. I believe that's what he was after. And then it says, And there in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. So this unclean spirit, who in the world is the unclean spirit? That man had a devil in him. You know what? You're, before you was born again, you had a devil in you, and I did too. Matter of fact, the Lord told the Pharisees, said, you're just like your father, the devil. So that's what we were. We belonged to the devil, folks. When you lost, we better get a hold of that. <laughs> Somebody had to share the good news with us, whether it's in the church, on the radio, or somebody had to tell us about Jesus. I thank the Lord for old Jimmy Rogers. He didn't mind at all sliding up on that steel 
We're nine floors up. And he said, what was going to happen if you fall off here and hit the ground, Fry? Where are you going to spend eternity? I said, well, my goodness, probably in hell. Why did you tell me that? And he said, well, I want you to go to heaven with me. And had this big old smile. Man, he just glowed. Every time I saw that old boy. So I got saved, not right then, but that evening on my way home, I got under conviction so bad, I had to pull off the road and repent and ask the Lord to save my soul. But he planted the seed. He said, Larry, you need to take care of this business. And that kept ringing in my head. Larry, you need to take care of this business. I said, oh, why did he do that? So when I got saved, we are building a coal-burning power plant in, in Arkansas in Pine Bluff. You probably know where it's at, brother. And uh, once, once we got that boiler going, I went over there. I'd take people over at that boiler. I'd say, look off in here. I know I've made some mistakes. I said, look off in here. I said, hell's going to be ten times hotter than that. And boy, they would tell me their testimony right away. They'd say, uh, Fry, I'm going to heaven. I've been born again. I ain't going into there. And then some of them would say, man, don't tell me that. I'd say, well, you need to get saved if that's scaring you. So I've learned a lot since then. I don't quite do that. When we was here, we put flames on the back of our bus. And then we had a little sign up there. It said, turn or burn. And that was, that was our promotion for the Lord's. But I've got a little smarter than that since. But there is a need in the world of the Lord's churches today, folks, like I've never seen. He said, let us alone. He said, I know you. You're Jesus. You're that Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Folks, when the Lord gets a hold of somebody and that spirit leaves them, he'll never enter into that person again. I don't believe a child of God's going to ever be possessed with the devil. We might get so empty of the Holy Spirit sometime that we, you know, we need a few shovels of coal put in there to light us back up, but we don't never lose that spirit. And that old boy didn't have that spirit, and the Lord demanded that that evil spirit come out of him. It don't bother me. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't like to mess around if Jehovah's Witnesses have been down the road. That don't bother me. That don't bother I'll go right behind them. Matter of fact, I kind of like it. They've kind of warmed the pad up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're glad to see me after they had a dose of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I just go in there. You know why I don't, it don't really bother me? Because I got the Holy Spirit. The Lord said, Lo, I'm with you always. They don't have that Holy Spirit, folks. You don't, you don't have the Holy Spirit if you're not preaching the truth. I'm telling you, there ain't nobody out there that's preaching works for salvation that's got the Holy Spirit accompanying him. It don't matter. You, I mean, it don't make any sense, you know. 
Why would they have the Holy Spirit and here we are, we're Baptists and we got the Holy Spirit. No, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So it don't bother me to go right behind them. Matter of fact, you know, like I said, I kind of like it. It says, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, he came out of him. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing this is? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. You know what? I love to hear. I love to hear a church. Somebody called, well, you go to that church. They're going to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> they're going to talk to you about your eternity. That's way, you know, I love to hear that about a church. That makes me want to go down there and check them out. But if they tell me, well, you know, I had a guy tell me one time, one of our churches, I hate to even say this, I'm not even going to name the church. But I said, brother, how's things going in your church? How's the church growing? How's things going? Well, we're not having no additions, but we're really getting deep in the word. I'm I'm just telling you the facts. That was exactly his words. Listen, if you're not uh, growing in the Lord, there's something wrong. Because the fields are white. They're still white, ready in the harvest. But the Lord needs the laborers in the church. That's what it's all about. He said, pray ye that the Lord might send forth laborers. Well, you know, you can refuse to go out and witness for the Lord. He's not going to probably pinch your head off right then, but he might later on. But you know, we can refuse the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I always look at it as a big circle. And right in the center of that circle, that's the center of God's will. Now you can be out here anywhere away from that circle, that small circle, and you're still in the permissive will of God. You still, God's letting you live. But what we want to do is get right in the center of his will. I remember old, old Paul, I, I, would have, I'd have, I believe I'd have had a hard time working with that old boy. Because he'd, he'd say things like, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know what? I, I haven't found out what old Demas done to him yet. Have you, Brother John? He, he was a hard guy to stay up with. He said, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. He put himself in a slave position. Folks, when we get to that point, we think, if I'm living and breathing, I'm going to tell people about Christ. Paul went to the point of saying, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. I bet you he was a hard man to hold behind. I hold a lot of corn in West Virginia. We planted corn on the side of a mountain like this. First, you had to be a, a park goat to get up there and hang on the side of that hill. And then to, to try to rake that corn and then throw, my dad wanted you to throw, corn, throw the dirt back up on the bottom side of that. He said, I don't want to see no roots of that corn. Well, you had to scrape the weeds off and all that. Then you had to 
<laughs> Who fat dirt up there and put it back up? You know, that is the work that you and I have got to do sometimes gets just about like that. But we've got to keep on going. It's not an easy task. You've got an opposition, my friend. The Bible says the devil goeth about seeking whom he may devour. What he wants to do is he wants to take all the testimony, everything from a child of God. He don't want you so winning. But I'm telling you what, God wants you to so win. God wants you to do it. Your pastor can't do it all, folks. You know, he's a leader, and you're the ones that God's going to... How would you like to get to heaven and see a bunch of souls there because you went out and gave them a track? Oh, I love tracks. I'm telling you, you get you a good track. And it is worth it. I used to have one. I don't know if there's any of them left here. I'd like to get one if they are. It says, How to Be a Winner in Las Vegas. I made them tracks. Had them made. And so, it's got money on the front of it. And what you do is you pass them out. And the guy looks at how to be a winner in Las Vegas. Oh, that's good. And he opens it up. And wham, bam. There you go. The gospel on the inside. And once they read the gospel, see, God just takes over and convicts them and they can throw it away or they can do whatever. I've had them throw them right down. We stood down there on Tropicana, you know, when they crossing that road and we'd go down there uh, uh, and first guy you'd see would be a, uh, usually a Hispanic man passing out pornography. And uh, I would walk up to him. The first guy I'd give a track to, I'd walk up. And it didn't matter if it was in English. He got it. I'd hand him that track. And he'd look at that and read that. Vamanos. He was gone. He wouldn't stay around no longer. And then I'd start passing out my tracks. <laughs> the devil was gone. Gone. <laughs> Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I don't mean to run and hide. Resistance, I, they used to tell me, my coach used to tell me in football, said, boy, I want some resistance on that side of the line. You're slacking over there. And I knew what he meant. He knew I need, he told me, you need to get your head down and you need to make that guy know that you're in the business. <laughs> to me, that is what it says when the devil when we, we say resist when the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you you resist him with this them tracks and whatever you can do and I believe in divine appointments that lady last this morning that was a divine appointment I didn't have nothing to do with that I didn't hunt her down or nothing boy sometime the Lord had just put them people in your life and what a great thing it is God bless you and thank you, brother. I'm going to turn it over to you. Sorry I took so long. Appreciate it.